friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Friday, December the 16th. And wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. Thank you for being present with me as we continue to break open God's word on this uh, as we look to the fourth Sunday in Advent, my friends. It is time for us to light four candles within our homes, within the altars, uh, in the sanctuaries of our of our worship spaces, because that time of the coming is near, and our readings point directly to that. You're going to know these readings very, very well. Uh, and, and so I'll say two things before we get to them, and then we're going to get to them. I don't want to delay that. The first is, Try not to become so familiar with these readings that we automatically turn our, our minds off because we know where they're going. Easy thing to do. It's like when we do the same drive to work every day. We, we turn our minds off and we don't notice things new. Don't do that. Uh, invite that newness. Invite that word to, to come alive uh, in a new way for us today. And secondly, again, as always, especially those who are new, um, as we listen to the Word of God, as we get ready to listen to the Word of God, invite the Spirit of God, uh, just settle yourself first, and then invite that Spirit of God to say, okay, plant a word, plant a phrase, plant an idea from this Word within me, that, that that can be how you speak to me, Lord. And that can be what we dialogue about moving forward, uh, just in our talking and thinking and pondering and chewing upon that word, right? So, my friends, as we open the Word of God for this uh, this coming weekend, it will be Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. So, Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. Our gospel will be Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 24. So let's settle ourselves. Let's open ourselves to the Spirit of God. And let's break open God's Word. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord spoke to Ahaz, saying, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Let it be deep as the netherworld or high as the sky. But Ahaz answered, I will not ask. I will not tempt the Lord. Then Isaiah said, Listen, O house of David. Is it not enough for you to weary people? Must you also weary my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you this sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall name him Emmanuel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. <laughs> How do you beat that? Huh? Let's break open the gospel here. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention, when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, 
Do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So again, before we dive into this word, a word, a phrase, an idea. And hold on to that. Hold on to that. Because that's how God will speak to us, and that's how God will walk with us this weekend and this coming week, okay? So with that, here's what we're going to do. Two points. That's what I want to leave you with. I used to do that. I used to say, here's point number one, here's point number two, in and out, boom. I I don't know what happened. Maybe I got a little bit too wordy. I don't know. But we're going to go back to it this week. Two points. And the first is this. Let's say you're Ahaz. And let's say Isaiah comes up to you and says, ask whatever you want. Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Let it be deep as the netherworld or high as the sky. How would you answer? How would you answer? Ahaz says, listen, I'm not going to ask for anything. I don't want to tempt the Lord. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Ahaz had an idea of how to answer the question. Now, a little bit of background. Who is Ahaz? Why is he being asked this? Ahaz was the king, okay? He was not a great king, by the way. Uh, Some people even throw the word evil in front of him. Ahaz uh, was a king that allowed idolatry and idol worship within the the people of of, uh, Judaism, within the Hebrew people. Didn't just allow it. He actually promoted it, okay? And even some say he may have uh, allowed child sacrifices to, to take place within there. So God is coming to Ahaz as the ruler of, of the, the people of Israel and saying, listen, Assyria is coming down. Bad things are about to happen. Ask for a sign. What do you want? I want the people, the, the, the Jewish people to know I am with them. You are their leader. Ask for a sign. How do you want me to do this? And Ahaz abdicates. He basically says, nope, nope, we're all good here. We're all good. And Isaiah says, listen, you know, and when he says, uh, um, listen, O house of David, he's meaning uh, the, the house of the David is the lineage of David as king, right? So he's saying, listen, you, you royalty, listen, you who are the rulers, must you not only weary all the people that you serve and that you, you supposedly are, are servant king of, uh, but must you weary God too? So here's the sign. I'm going to give you one, not because you asked for it, but because I'm so darn good. Okay, these, those are Joe's words, not God's. But, but ultimately God's saying, listen, I desire to give this to you. And he says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and name him Emmanuel. Brothers and sisters, here's my point. 
we we are people who live in distress from time to time, don't we? I don't think that's any news. I don't think that is something we need to deny or feel ashamed about or hide. We live in distress. Sometimes, to use that wonderful phrase, we lurch from one near disaster to the next. Our God notices our distress. Do we buy that? Do we know that? He notices it as individuals. He notices it as a people. He sees you. And and he sees me. And he sees our distress. And he desires, brothers and sisters, to bring us out of that. And he comes before us. I really believe this. And, and And he speaks to us those words through Isaiah long ago, but he says to us, ask, I desire to give. Now here's the deal. Here's the deal. Whether we are Ahaz and we say, oh, I can't ask. I mean, I can't, I can't do that to God and I'm going to feign some, uh, I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps thing. Or if we say, hey, Lord, um, I just need you to help us avoid Assyria attacking us, which isn't a bad request. I think if I was king, I think I probably would have asked for that. I think God is looking bigger. And my friends, I guess my point here is, whatever you're going to ask, it's good. It's okay to ask it. Just know God's gift may come in a way we have no idea. Because while I do believe, and I've said this before, that Isaiah was not only just referring to Jesus in this phrase, I think he was pointing to King Hezekiah who would come and who would listen to Isaiah and who would not um, uh, allow the people to uh, be succumb, succumb to idolatry and other things. Hezekiah was the quote-unquote good king. Um, I I think that God is going to give whatever that gift is in a way we have no idea that comes with angels um, talking to to unsuspecting carpenters in a dream. And it comes with shepherds in a field seeing a heavenly host singing Alleluia. And it comes with... with, um, women becoming pregnant uh, outside of marriage by the Holy Spirit, and it comes with children being born uh, in unlikely places, uh, but carrying gifts of unbelievable magnitude. And it, and it comes with kings and treasures, and yes, children being persecuted and and running off in fear. It, it, it comes with unlikely outcomes, but it comes to bring life. And it's going to come in a way we do not and cannot even imagine. Brothers and sisters, I've belabored this point way too much and I'm going to be quiet. What, what, what do you desire God comes before you and lays that before us and says, ask, let it be 
as deep as the netherworld or as high as the sky. Be ready to ask. And then be ready to stand back and allow yourself to be surprised by the immense magnitude and love of our God and creativity and imagination and foresight. Point number two. Point number two is this. What are we preparing for this Christmas? What is it, my friends, we're celebrating? What is it we are lighting candles for and getting ourselves ready? Is it merely looking back uh, 2,000 years ago to celebrate a birthday? Is this kind of like Google? How you know you go on Google and there's always a picture on top and sometimes you look at the picture and it's like Lady Godiva celebrates her 212th birthday today. Which, you know, praise God, we're grateful for Lady Godiva and, uh, you know, all the, the wonderful things she stood for, you know? Is that what it is? That on December 25th we see a picture of Jesus and say Jesus would have turned, you know, 2013 today? even though that's not the right number. I mean, I just made that up, sorry. Is that what it is? It's got to be more, right? And it is, my friends, of course it is. What, as best we can, what, what was God looking for that God sent his son? What was this action all about? Now, there are two schools of thought. Actually, probably a lot more. And there's no way on earth, my friends, I am not wise enough to get to the, to, to the heart of the incarnation and say, here's what it's about. It is a mystery of God, but a wonderful, gracious mystery, right? But before I start throwing ideas out, what is it you think? Why did God come to earth? What was God intending with that wonderful action? Now, one of those ideas came forward through Anselm. Anselm of Canterbury, about in the 12th century, give or take. Now, I'm going to try to to, uh, put together some thoughts from an article that came out today, this morning, actually. Father Dan Horan uh, put it out on the uh, National Catholic Reporter website it's marvelous. He, he says it much better than I do. But, but ultimately, Anselm's theory is one that you and I know, that, hey, listen, we have sinned. Uh, we have fallen short of God's glory. Uh, there is this chasm then between God and us, and we needed God to come forward as fully human and fully God to help restore this image, to, to, to in a sense, bridge this chasm and uh, to restore us to God. And so it was it was a saving action of God to, to, to send Jesus uh, so we would not perish in our sins and that chasm would be overcome. And Jesus was that bridge and that saving, uh, that saving uh, oh, uh, connecting point. Can I use that? That bridge. I, I like that idea. I think every one of us have heard that. And that came from, again, this brilliant now doctor of the church, Anselm. How do you how do you argue with a doctor of the church? That's good stuff. There's another theory. Now, again, that, by the way, 
is kind of what, what Dan Horan will say is, that's the majority opinion. That is not because it's the better opinion, but because that's probably where most of us have heard, and most of us, if somebody would have said, why did God send Jesus, might fall into that camp and say, that's why. Now, an alternative theory, by the way, just as orthodox, just as under the Catholic umbrella, this is not heretical, what I'm going to tell you. And in fact, it's put forward by incredible people like uh, Blessed Duns Scotus, Carl Rahner, the Jesuit, Thomas Merton. Okay, these are not like fringe people. All right. But Duns Scotus put it put it out almost as an answer to Anselm. Um, and that would be this. That God, God's idea of sending Jesus to humanity had nothing to do with uh, the sin of humanity. That God, from the very beginning, from the very beginning, desired that oneness with humanity. And uh, God sent God's very self in, in the person of Jesus Christ, not uh, out of nobility or to save a wretched humanity, but instead did it out of love and out of a desire to be one with humanity. And I, and I look at it this way, brothers and sisters. To save someone is an incredibly noble and good act. You know, it is a wonderful act. And did the, the coming of Jesus Christ, in a sense, quote-unquote, save us uh, from the sinful nature that we all carry within us, by the way, brothers, is don't be afraid of that word, that idea that is wrapped up in ourselves rather than in, in God or in others or, or in something larger. Did the coming of Jesus do that? Yes, of course it did. And there is a goodness in that. And there is a, is a nobility in that. And there's a beauty in that. But one can... can play the hero, one can play the saving uh, game and still remain distant. But our God didn't desire distance. Our God desired unity. And in a sense, that unity only comes um, through this act of love. I mean, as, as somebody who's married, as, as the Catholic Church teaches, the, the sacrament of marriage uh, is not fully completed, brothers and sisters, uh, at the altar, when the priest or deacon uh, presides over the I do of the bride and the groom, that that sacrament is only completed in the bedroom when this couple, when these two people share the intimacy of their very bodies, one being inside the other, so close that, 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 that this love between them, it, it cannot stay separate. Think of it in that way that our God's love for us was so intense that God could not remain distant. But God must, had to, come and be a part of God's very creation. That's why God sent God's very self, to be one with us. And I love that image because I love what it says about who God is. Now, yes, again, that doesn't, that doesn't disclude what Anselm said. It doesn't say, well, Anselm, he's all wrong and he had nothing. No, because it, it, the very action and love of God saves us from, from 
that smallness of ours. It saves us from, quote-unquote, that sin that we live in, that, that, that wayward idea of who we are and whose we are and what we're about. But that doesn't mean that's the primary reason God came. Dun Scotus and all these other brilliant people would say the primary reason God came is love. And that's how, brothers and sisters, we can get, and then I'm going to stop here, we can get to this idea of the names of Jesus. We heard two of them today. The one is Emmanuel. We will name this child Emmanuel, God with us. Why? Because God does not want to be separate. And the other is Jesus, which means what? God saves. Brothers and sisters, I'm not smart enough to know the full answer of what is the reason God sent God's very self to be with us? But I believe if we look into those names, the name God gave for his very self, Emmanuel, God with us. God did not desire to be separate. In, in even it, it, the, the smallest of ways, he wanted to be so close to us that he is inside us and that we are inside him. God with us among us, about us. And God saves. That very action of love, that very action of nearness, that very action that we do not walk alone, brothers and sisters, it absolutely saves us. And it saves us from all those other things about us. I, as you can probably tell, I absolutely buy what Duns Scotus is, is selling here. That, that is the very reason that, that God came. But that does not discount what Anselm is saying, is because it does save us. And that's a secondary characteristic, that it saves us from our sin. But I don't think God is reactive that way. God wants to be part of us. And that is what we prepare, brothers and sisters, to celebrate. Not just a birthday. To celebrate God's magnanimous love, which took place not only then, but now. Not only then, but now. May we open ourselves to what is in the names of God, Emmanuel and Jesus, in that God saves and God is and will be always among us. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The second joyful mystery, the visitation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus, holy Mary, mother of God. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you. The time is drawing near. May this week we open ourselves to the saving action of God all around us. Be well.